welcome to the Faith Heights Church audio podcast. We pray that this message will bless you and feed your faith as you listen in today. Thank you, Lord. Glad you're here tonight, church. I know there's a bunch of things your flesh probably wanted to do tonight, but you decided to go to church. You know why you did? Because your body is not your boss. You, the spirit man on the inside, is the boss. And praise the Lord. I mean, you know what? There's a lot of things that happen on Wednesday night where we're giving out and takes a little effort, spiritual energy. We pray, we take time out, we, we seek the Lord, we, we, we minister to others through prayer. And thank God for the group that's here tonight. This, this is absolutely wonderful. You know, Jesus said two of us on earth could agree is touching anything we shall ask and it'll be done for us of our Father in heaven. What could a whole group of us do? It's like lifting a piano. Has ever, anybody ever tried to lift a piano just out of stupidity? <laughs> anybody, anybody ever tried to lift a piano like I have? Just to see how strong I am? I could barely budge this thing. I could eventually probably get it to the other side of the room, but I might have a few bruises and scrapes and sores. And... But you know what? If four other guys come over, five other guys come over, we could lift that piano up and carry it to the other side and nobody hurt at all. If we have 10 guys come over, we could lift up that piano, carry it over with one hand. And if 20 guys came over and we actually could all get around it, we could probably all use our two fingers and lift up that piano. That's what prayer's like. See, the more people that are praying, the less strain it is on a few. The more people that are praying, the more we can get done and the quicker we can get it done. And so thank God for, the, you know, actually the Lord said one, one believer can put a thousand enemies to flight. Two, the Bible says, can put 10,000 enemies to flight. It's multiplied by 10, 10 every time another believer joins with you in prayer. And they're believing, not just hoping. Believing for the same thing you're believing. So turn with me, please, if you would, to Matthew chapter 6. And I want to talk about something today that you're going to love. I want to talk about fasting and prayer and how we can see more manifestations of the Spirit of God if we're more sensitive to the things of the Spirit. I want to talk about fasting and prayer concerning certain scriptures. Put a little balance in there because some people do go crazy in this area and they break their bodies down and the Lord never let them to do that and they went too far. But there is a balanced approach to fasting in the Bible. And if we'll look at it, I'm telling you guys, there's some things that the Holy Spirit's been wanting to do in our church and even in your life and in your family, but because of not enough sensitivity to the leading of the Lord and the direction of the Lord, He hasn't been able to use us as the channels that He wants to because we've been kind of on a different frequency. Do you realize the power of God showing up is not all about getting God to do something? It's about preparing us to be the channels He's been looking for to do what He's been wanting to do. One of the first things right off the bat you need to realize, fasting doesn't give us power. Fasting makes us more aware of the power we already have. Fasting makes us more sensitive to the Spirit so we're more accurate in our ministry. Timings of God, how He wants things done, operations, administrations. There's things the Lord wants to do through us 
And so we got to get more in tune. And one of the things we can do to get more in tune to spiritual things is put the flesh under a little bit, do without a few legitimate pleasures of life and take that time and pray and seek the Lord and get some direct answers from the Holy Ghost. In Matthew chapter 6, I want you to notice Jesus addresses this issue here. And he says something very interesting in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 16. Jesus said, moreover, interesting he didn't say if you fast. Interesting he said when you fast. Now, before we go any further, understand this. There's no commandments in the New Testament to the church, to believers, to fast. But there is instruction about it, and there is um, scriptures that show us what can happen through fasting, but there's really no commandments or strong instructions for us to fast. You know, like saying, you need to fast, but it does talk about fasting. A lot of reasons for that is because there's really no ironclad rules to it. Different people, different circumstances, different situations call for different measures. And so one of the things here, one of the greatest things about fasting is be led by the Holy Ghost. Or if a need arises and you really believe you just want to get to know God better and hear His voice better, you might want to consider doing a little fasting. But you'll be surprised and realize a little fasting and seeking God goes a long way. You'd be surprised what fasting one to two meals would do and praying and seeking God without taking the interruption to eat. You'd be amazed what answers you get just in one or two meals. Now, in here it says, When you fast, be not as the hypocrites of a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces, that they may appear unto men to fast. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. What's their reward? Somebody saw them and went like this. But there was way more rewards that were supposed to happen that they forfeited because they were fasting with the wrong motive. They were fasting to be seen. There are times in the scriptures where there was a group fast because God, the leaders called a fast. The whole nation began to fast because of dangerous situations that were surrounding them. And then in a situation like that, yes, everybody's going to know they're fasting. But in other situations, you're not supposed to tell anybody. You can be seen fasting, but you can't, you can't fast to be seen. Just like prayer or just like giving. If you're seen giving, that's okay. Just don't be giving to be seen. You following me? It's the heart. Well, he says, when you fast, he tells you, don't do it to be seen of men. When you fast, anoint your head, comb your hair, put on your brill cream, <laughs> wash your face, that you appear not unto men to fast, but unto thy Father, which is in secret. And your Father, which sees in secret, will reward you openly. Are there rewards to fasting? Well, yes, there are. And really, I like to not look at fasting alone. I like to look at it as fasting and prayer. It's not just fasting food only that's going to bring great breakthroughs and blessings at times. It's going to be what you do instead of eating or what you do instead of that pleasurable activity. It's, it's what you do instead. If you just fast, you know, you clean your body out a little bit, maybe get a few things. But when you fast and pray, now we're talking about the big guns. 
very often in a time of fasting, when you're seeking the Lord and not being interrupted by meals or preparing meals, you're going to hear some things from God that are going to be absolutely life-saving. Things you've had questions about for years. Why a healing hasn't manifested. Why the miracle hasn't transpired. Why this hasn't happened. You're going to hear things from God when you're more sensitive to God. And so really, fasting and prayer together is a powerhouse to help you become more sensitive to the moving of the Spirit, the leading of the Spirit, the power that you have to spiritual things, to scriptures, to revelation knowledge. And that can lead to amazing, wonderful things. So... Um, Jesus said, when you fast. So, if you would please, look at a scripture. Um, I'll just go down the list here. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 7. 1 Corinthians chapter 7. Now, I taught a healing school in 2014. Remember that was a Monday? It was a September 8th. September 8th was a Monday, 2014. You all remember that, right? And all you that have the mind of Christ. Well, it was. September 8th, 2014 was a Monday. And in that healing school, I taught on fasting. And I listened to some of it before I came over here tonight. Absolutely, the Lord gave us revelation. It's just life-saving. I'm talking life-saving. And it was entitled, What Can Fasting Do? And so if you have time, write that down. Go on the church archives. All you have to do is go to media and go to healing school. And then where it says search title, just put in Fasting, and it'll show you what fasting can do. And just click on that, go to the top, listen to it. Absolutely life-changing. The Lord really helped us. 1 Corinthians chapter 7. Now, I'm saying all this. Let me, let me tell you the, one of the main reasons I'm saying this. Because I know that there are some things we want to see individually. There's some things we want to see as a church. There's some very serious situations and issues that we need miracles for, healings for. Us personally, Carl and I right now, believing for a full-blown, 100% manifested miracle in Isaac. And so I'm doing a lot of preaching to me tonight. So thank you for coming and hearing me preach to me. <laughs> okay, but um, in order to see more manifestations of the Holy Spirit, I don't believe we need to twist God's arm to, see, to, you know, come on, Lord, please do this, please do this, please do this. No, we need to get more ready. Yeah. He's ready. He's always been ready. I, I am convinced he wants to do a lot more powerful things in our churches and through our churches than we've been allowing him to do. We got to get more ready. We got to find out more. What's our part? What can we be to what can we do to be more ready? What can I do personally to be more in a position? So if the Lord wants to do something, discerning of spirits can come through me. Workings of miracles, miracles can come through me and see that person out of that wheelchair. See that blind eye open. Do y'all understand that? Now, even though the gifts are as he wills, he wants to do a lot more than we've been allowing him to do. We got to get ready. We got to be hungry. We got to be in tune. And fasting and prayer will help us to get more in tune to the things of the Spirit, which will cause us to be more desirous of the things of the Spirit, which will help us to do our part in coveting earnestly so he can do more. One of the things we need to understand about fasting is it does deal with more than food. You can fast food, but you can also fast other things that have been taken up our time, not even bad things. And in that time, pray, seek the Lord, get more sensitive to the leading of the spirit, get more in tune with spiritual things, get to where spiritual things are more real than physical things, where healing of cancer is more real than cancer. Right. 
Are you following me? And sometimes that takes a little bit of fasting and praying because we're not, we're in this natural world. In this natural world, we taught, taught on this on Sunday. The natural man receives not the things of the Spirit of God. Didn't say the wicked man. Didn't say the bad man. All you have to be is too carnal, too natural. And you are not in tune with receiving from the Holy Spirit like you could and should be. And so really one of our greatest enemies is the carnality and natural world all around us that says this is the way it is. This is the way it is. And God says, no, there's a better way and a different way and an opposite way. Whatever realm is more real to you, that is the realm you will gravitate toward and that is the realm you will make decisions according to. Whatever realm is more real to you. So in 1 Corinthians 7, this is really interesting here, and I'm, I'm, I'm not going to spend a ton of time on this, but in 1 Corinthians 7, Paul's talking about um, marital relationships, and actually they wrote to Paul and said, we have some questions about fornication and about is it really a sin to sleep with somebody you're not married to and and what about divorce and remarriage and what about and so this whole chapter here is great if you have any questions in those areas okay but right off the bat it says Paul said concerning the things you wrote unto me it's good for a man not to touch a woman nevertheless to avoid fornication let every man have his own wife and let every woman have her own husband let the husband render unto the wife due benevolence, and likewise also the wife unto the husband. The wife does not have power over her own body, but the husband, and likewise also the husband has not power over his own body, but the wife. Defraud you not one another, except it be with consent, for a time that you, husband and wife, may give yourselves to fasting and prayer and come together again that Satan doesn't tempt you for your lack of self-control. What's he talking about fasting here? Huh? <laughs> I didn't say it. You did it. He's talking about fasting intimacy. Sex. Husband and wife. Fasting that. Why? With consent for a time. Why? Maybe there's an emergency up and you need to hear from God like now. Maybe there's something that's, that's really drastic trying to come against you or your loved ones or your family. Maybe you need to just fast a little bit. Well, he's saying here, fasting and prayer. This is so interesting to me because this, is, this goes beyond food. So... Fasting and prayer, it does two things primarily. Number one, it puts the flesh under to where it's not such a monster controlling you and your decisions and your thoughts and, and taking up time in your memory and mind. Fasting does two things. It puts the flesh under and it causes you to be more dominant over your body and your flesh. And number two, it makes you more sensitive spiritually to the things of God, which is life-saving in many situations. How many know a lot of people would still be with us today if they would have made a better decision? How many know a lot of marriages would still be intact today if they would have made a better decision? Had more clarity, what to do, what not to, how to overcome this, how to overcome that. And so here he says that fasting goes beyond food. Now in Daniel chapter 10, if you want to bounce over there, Daniel 10. And maybe I should say this even before we read this, but go to Daniel 10. 
Um, I was thinking about miracles and gifts of the spirit and healings and the power of God and, and things being fixed on the spot that even the world says can't be fixed and all hope is gone according to medical science. Um, I was thinking about this and I was thinking, wait, is there something, is there something that we have within our grasp that we're not doing that we could do and see amazing things? And that's where this came from. Yeah. You know, most people's answer, if they're not getting the result, most people's answer is press in harder, go higher, cut some things off for a while, focus on God, seek his face. The flesh is not something you can cast out like a devil, a demon. Demons are easy to deal with. We cast them out in the name of Jesus and believe it worked. Flesh is a little different. You can't cast your flesh away. You have to deal with your flesh, your carnal desires, your appetites in the flesh. You have to deal with that. It's easy to cast out a demon. Boom, gone, set free. The flesh, you have to hang out with your flesh until you see Jesus face to face. So you're going to have to deal with it. You're going to have to, what the Bible says, crucify the flesh with the affections and lusts thereof. Crucifixion doesn't sound like fun. <laughs> but what comes before a resurrection? A little bit of pain. Right? Crucifying the flesh leads to resurrection power. And you, you know, Paul said this. He said, I just decided I'm just going to die daily. <laughs> I'm just going to declare every day I'm going to have to do something my flesh doesn't like. Just get, just get that settled right now. <laughs> Paul had to stay in the spirit, man. All kinds of stuff was coming against him and he had a great ministry to fulfill. But in Daniel chapter 10... And I hope you're still watching online. <laughs> this gets really good, if you think it's good by now. Look at Daniel chapter 10. Daniel said, in verse 2, In those days I, Daniel, was mourning three full weeks. And mourning in the Old Testament, it has, it has to do with fasting. Um, I'll, I'll read something just a minute about that in Moses' day. Daniel said, I ate no pleasant bread. So he wasn't on a full fast. He was not eating any pleasant bread, things that were very pleasant to his taste buds, things that were pleasant to his belly. He fasted these things. He ate only necessary things to have the strength he needed for 21 days because he was seeking God. Sometimes pleasant things can be a distraction from spiritual things, pleasant things in the natural. You have to watch out about what's heightened in you. Is it your flesh that's heightened or is it your spirit that's heightened? So he said, I ate, no, I ate no pleasant bread, nor flesh, nor wine in my mouth. Neither did I anoint myself at all for three full weeks were fulfilled. And in the four and twentieth day of the first month, as I was by the side of the great river, which I had then I lifted up my eyes and looked. Behold, a certain man clothed in linen whose loins were girded with the gold of Uphaz. His body was like beryl, his face as the appearance of lightning, his eyes as lamps of fire, his arms and feet like the color of polished brass, and the voice of words like the voice of a multitude. 
And I, Daniel, alone saw the vision. For the men that were with me saw not the vision, but a great quaking fell upon them, so that they fled to hide themselves. Therefore I was left alone and saw this great vision, and there remained no strength in me, for my calmness was turned in me into corruption, and I retained no strength. Yet I heard the voice of his words, and when I heard the voice of his words, then was I in a deep sleep on my face, and my face toward the ground. And behold, a hand touched me, was set me upon my knees and upon the palms of my hands. And he said unto me, O Daniel, a man greatly beloved, Understand the words I speak unto you and stand upright, for now I am now sent. And when he had spoken this word unto me, I stood trembling. And then the angel said, don't fear. And he began to talk to him about some things that happened in the heavenlies. But he came with a message and a powerful thing transpired. So I am in the book of Exodus. Moses talked about fasting, meaning abstinence from all carnal comforts and delights for a time. Moses talked about abstinence, uh, fasting, meaning abstinence from all carnal comforts and delights for a time. He, it wasn't necessarily a commandment, but he talked about it, and uh, it was an ordinance in one of the one of the months. Um. Do this. Go to Matthew 4. If you're not having fun yet, you will. Matthew 4. This is really interesting because there's no limit to how sold out to God we can be. There's no limit to how... And Now, I want to say this as a word of caution. Some people have fasted so long simply because they had a... They had an old, their own personal want for something and their body broke down. Brother Hagan talks about uh, one person in his book, Common Sense Guide to Fasting. He said he knew a minister, a really good man, great minister, who decided to fast 40 days and 40 nights like Jesus and he broke his body down and he died. See, he, the motive wasn't right. There was not clear purpose. He went too far. It was extreme. Here's something real interesting in Matthew chapter 4 and in verse... Um, one, it says, then was Jesus, what? Led of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterward and hungered. So Jesus fasted 40 days and 40 nights because he was led by the Holy Spirit to do so. And I know some people, they just think, oh, I want to be spiritual like Jesus. I want to be spiritual like Jesus. And really that, that hunger is a fleshly, carnal desire to do something that you don't need to do, you're not called to do. And if people do it anyway, they could hurt themselves. I know um, we knew a guy. I, yeah, I don't know if he's still alive or not. I don't know. I haven't heard from him in three decades probably. But when we were at the other, when we were in Enterprise Park, the church first started out over there on Morning Glory Lane, um, we heard of a man in Portland, Oregon, a pastor who decided to go on a 40-day fast. And he did. And after that fast, he wasn't all there mentally anymore. He had done something to his brain. Very sad. Not cool. And so the reason I bring this scripture out is a 40-day fast is probably not going to be what God calls any of us to do because we're not Jesus. He had something he had to do. 
Moses really didn't fast 40 days and 40 nights on the mountain. He was in the glory of God. And when you're in the glory of God, 40 years is like 14 minutes. Are you understanding? When you're in the glory of God, your bodily functions are sustained by the glory of God. And, and there's just... Maria Woodworth Etter, in the 1800s, she was uh, preaching in a tent. She had meetings of like 20,000 people. And this was like in the 1800s. A woman, a God, just preaching and signs and wonders and power of God. She was preaching one day in a meeting. And uh, the St. Louis Times, or whatever it was, documented this. And as she was preaching one day, she went like this. And she froze for three days. Her mouth open, right in the middle of her sermon. It said, the, the herald said 100,000 people came by to see the spectacular. This woman frozen in the middle of her sermon. No bodily functions were affected. She didn't need food or water. Everything was in perfect time. It's like she just totally froze. Not cold-wise, just froze. Trance. And after three days, she just picked up right where she left off and kept preaching her sermon. When you're in the glory, see, that's really not fasting. That's, that's being sustained by the glory of God. That's not a purposeful fast for a certain reason. Same thing with Moses on the mount. Jesus was a legitimate fast, but you have to watch out about this. Did you notice that when Jesus got into that fast, near the end of that fast, the, the demonic world was more real to him? So that's another thing people need to realize. When you go on a fast, the spirit realm becomes more real to you. And um, some people have taken this to extremes and in false religions and cults, they have abused this and they've gotten in trouble. They've opened up the door to the devil and all this other stuff. But scriptural, biblical fasting that I can see doesn't last even close to 40 days and 40 nights. L let me tell you something that your flesh really doesn't want to hear. If you really want to see spiritual strides in your life with the Lord, sensitivity to the Holy Spirit, direction of the Spirit, more power flowing through you, more success in helping others powerfully with miracles and healings flowing through you, learn to live a fasted life. Never give your appetites all that they want. <laughs> That's even harder to do than taking two days out and fasting. Because after two days, that's done. Living a fasted life, this is a whole new mindset of how you're living your life. I'm never going to eat all the dessert I want. I'm never going to drink all the sodas I want. <laughs> what, what is this? What are you talking about, Pastor? I'm talking about putting natural things where they belong and spiritual things where they belong. So let me read you a couple things here. Um, actually, look at, look at one more scripture. Ezra, Ezra chapter 8. Just before the book of Nehemiah, Ezra chapter 8. I thought this was very, very interesting here. Ezra and his people were about to make a journey, a dangerous journey. And they needed some help. Now, I want you to notice this here. Ezra 8, look at verse 21 through 23. Very interesting. Get, check this. Ezra said, Then I proclaimed a fast there at the river Ahava, that we might afflict ourselves before our God, 
to seek of him a right way for us and for our children and for all of our substance. Now, this is what he said. For I was ashamed to require of the king a band of soldiers and horsemen to help us against the enemy in the way because we had spoken unto the king already and preached unto him saying, The hand of our God is upon all them for good that seek him, but his power and his wrath is against all those that forsake him. So we fasted and besought our God for this and he was entreated of us. Okay, did you hear this? Oh my goodness. They needed some extra help. They were in some dangerous situations here. They had to make a journey and, and the temptation for him was to ask the king to give us some soldiers, give us some armies so this journey will be safe. But then he thought, wait a second. I have been preaching to the king and everybody else for years now that God can do this and God will do that and God is this big and God will do this. He said, how, how, how am I going to turn to the king for help right now? I need, in other words, he's saying, I need to practice what I preach. I need to live what I've been preaching. This situation has come my way. I need to live what I've been preaching. I need to seek the Lord. If I've got to do some fasting, I am going to hear from him and we are going to make it through. Amen. Us and our children. Yeah. We are going to make it through. Interesting. There comes a time, I'll tell you what, there comes a time you're going to be called upon to use what you know. I know, Carl and I are in a situation right now in this area. We're being called upon to press in, to press on, to go higher in God, to get some things, to stir some things up, to use what we've learned. And I have found, church, in the last few months and even since I've been a Christian, more so in the last few months, that carnality, too much natural, not too much bad, bad is bad, Don't stay away from that, but too much natural can stop you from reaching the finish line. There are times, like in this time in Ezra, where you may have to cut some things out. Maybe your favorite TV program, maybe Food, husbands and wives, maybe intimacy for a while and seek the Lord. You're doing two things. You're putting the flesh under, which means your spirit's becoming more sensitive. You're able to hear from God in a clearer way and you're getting life-saving direction and you know it's the Lord. And when you act on it, you see, you see great things. Whew. All right, so um, Isaiah 58, real quick, turn there and we'll pray. Isaiah 58... I'm going to read you a couple quotes from Kenneth Hagin's book and a couple quotes mixed with some things the Lord talked to me about as I was reading these quotes, so it's going to be a mixture. In Isaiah 58, look with me in verse 4. God said to these people, Behold, you fast for strife and debate and to smite with the fist of wickedness. And you shall not fast as you do this day to make your voice to be heard on high. Is it such a fast that I have chosen a day for a man to afflict his soul? Is it to bow down his head as a bulrush and to spread sackcloth and ashes under him? Will you call, his, will you call this a fast, an acceptable day of the Lord? Is not this the fast that I have chosen? What can fasting do? Is not this the fast that I have chosen? To loose the bands of wickedness. What can fasting do? If we use it right, not go crazy with it. What can fasting do? 
Or we can put our flesh under, make us more sensitive to the Spirit of God. And when we minister to others, they get delivered. The afflicted get set free. We know how to pray. We know what to deal with. We know if it's a demon or just a disease. We know what to do. We know how to pray. We get results, whether it's ourselves or somebody else. Why? Because we're more in tune to spiritual things than natural impulses and physical things. What, is not this the fast I've chosen? What, what would be the purpose of the fast? Loose the bands of wickedness. Undo heavy burdens. Let the oppressed go free. And let you break every yoke. Break every yoke. Every yoke. Fasting can assist us in this. For time's sake, let me just say this. Listen fast and I'll talk fast, okay? <laughs> Listen. The disciples said, Lord, why can we not cast this devil out? Why could we not cast this devil out? You just cast out. Why couldn't, we, why couldn't we heal this boy? And Jesus said, because of your unbelief. Matthew 17. Now, that's not the answer what most people want to hear today. They don't want to hear, is your unbelief. They want to hear, well, it's just one time that God decided not to heal. It's just going to have to deal with this. You know, maybe God's got him sick for a reason. You know, you know the, the best prayed, the preacher prayed, and you know, you're sick. And, and they're, they're thinking, see, most people don't want to hear the answer of the Lord. They want to dream up their own answer of why things didn't work. How many know there's a thousand and one people today that have a question of why? Why didn't my prayer get answered? Why did they die young? Why did this happen? Why didn't this happen? Why didn't this happen? Why didn't my rebuke work? And you know what? Most of the time, one of the best answers is, is what Jesus said, not what religion says. Religion says, well, it's because God has some mysterious reason for not healing and not delivering no, Jesus said, you want to know why you guys couldn't do this? They asked the question that many, why, Lord, why couldn't we do this? You know, why, Lord, why, why? Because of your unbelief. Yeah. Good. That's what Jesus said. Could unbelief be a problem? Yes. Oh, not only could it be, it is a huge problem. Yeah. It is a huge problem. It's not that the will of God is that these people remain bound and sick. It's a lot of times, it's just people's unbelief. And then he said, also, I want to tell you something. This kind, this demon, this, this problem, can't come out but by prayer and fasting. Cometh not out but by prayer. Now, he already said the biggest problem was the unbelief. But then he said, this is something that will determine whether you're in strong faith or not. And that is how you live your life before ministry time. Doing some fasting and doing some praying will keep you more aware of the realities of healing and deliverance and your faith won't be so crushed and boggled down with all these carnal things and surfeiting and drunkenness and all this other stuff. Your faith will be on a lot more active level if you're not so carnal. And if you do a little fasting and, do, and don't always give your flesh everything it wants. See how they go together? Fasting doesn't change God. Fasting doesn't give you power over the devil. Fasting changes you and makes you more aware of what the Lord's already done for you and how he's equipped you. The name of Jesus is more real to you. The power of God is more real to you. There's something about fasting that gets you more in tune with spiritual things. And friend, if to, if to be carnal keeps you from receiving from the Holy Ghost, to be spiritual opens the door to receiving from the Holy Ghost. Very, 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 very important. I know that was a lot said in a short amount of time. Kenneth Hagin says, when you take the time to humble yourself, fast, and wait on God, and intercede and travail in prayer, you'll have a greater anointing. I know almost everybody in our church, when we come to church on Sunday mornings, we're anointed. But are we as anointed as we can be? That's the question. 
He says, you'll have a greater anointing. You'll see many free who are bound, who have a heavy burden, and who are oppressed. Fasting is to loose the bands of wickedness. It will help you keep the flesh under. It will help you become more sensitive to the Spirit of God. It's good to fast, Kenneth Hagin says, when things are pressing upon you and you need to wait on God prayerfully. Or the Lord may speak to you and lead you to fast. So there's two times to fast. If you're just... if. If things are pressing upon you and you need some more time to wait on God, that's a good time to fast something and spend another hour or two or half a day or a day with the Lord. The other time to fast is when the Lord may speak to you and lead you to fast. And if he does, do it because he knows what's up. He knows what's in the near future that you're going to need more prepared for. Ministry to somebody else. Helping somebody. Fasting will give you extra time to wait on God, which could be life-saving because of hearing more clearly what the Holy Spirit is leading you to do to get a miracle. In the Bible, people fasted in times of extreme danger. Kenneth Hagin said, if I had an emergency come up, I would begin to fast and pray and get the answer. I'm not going to let this thing drag out. Kenneth Hagin said, if an emergency arose in my life or my family, he said, I would begin to fast and pray to get an answer. Because really, there's an answer and a way out of every problem. And the key in this situation is hearing from Him. Instead of just doing a scattershot and hope something sticks, hear specifically from the Lord, calm down, do some fasting, do some praying, and one shot, and you're out of the problem. He said, I never, he said, I never fasted as long as three full days because I always got my answer before then. If I had a spiritual question, for example, I would get the revelation. Spiritual question, what do you mean, Pastor? A spiritual question like, why isn't my healing manifested yet? Why isn't things changing quick enough? I know it's the will of God that they do. What's going on here? Where am I missing it? Why am I not making the connection? Why is it taking so long? Well, that's a good question. If you want a good answer, you might have to turn off the TV for a while and some other things and hear from God and get in there and forget about the clock and seek Him. And that sometimes entails fasting. Fasting will prepare you to become more sensitive to the Holy Spirit so He can manifest Himself through you. Kenneth Hagin said, quote, I made the greatest spiritual strides yet in my ministry during that time of fasting two days a week. I shut myself up in the church and spent many hours praying on Tuesdays and Thursdays. He said, I made greater spiritual, spiritual strides living the fasted life. You know, sometimes it's easier to take two or three days out and fast than it is to live a fasted life for 80 years or another 20 years or whatever. Fasting is a matter of keeping the flesh under, keeping the body under and not letting it dominate you. You dominate it instead. Ooh, Paul, the apostle said, I was in fastings often. Smith Wigglesworth believed prayer and fasting to be a great joy. While Smith had been fasting two meals and waiting on God, God had told him what to do and he did it and a man was raised up from his death door. It was a miracle. In that time of fasting and prayer, he heard from God what to do. They, he got the other people. They did it. They gathered around the man. This man was about to leave the earth realm and he rose up healed. Because somebody knew what to do. Isn't that better than just going, I hope I, hope I get something. 
Wouldn't it be better just to go... And hit it the first time? <clears throat> Consider what you heard tonight and the Lord will give you understanding. There's a lot more on this. I would encourage everyone in the church to get Kenneth Hagin's book, A Common Sense Guide to Fasting. It's a mini book. Well, it's a medium-sized book. It's small. You can get it on Kindle. You can get it in a hard copy. It's, it's really good because with our teachings on manifestations of the Spirit on Sunday morning, this will help us all to get more in the groove of the Spirit and to be more excited and kind of keep going the same direction. I really like this book because he really very emphasizes not going crazy and just doing what your flesh wants because you, I, I want to be the most spiritual person in the world. I'm going to fast for 30 days. You may think you're on a spiritual road, but that's really a carnal road. How about we make sure our motives for fasting are correct, the reasons for it, the timing and not going crazy, being led by the Spirit, or just spending more time with the Lord, not just say, I'm going to fast for 10 days. How about you fast two meals and see what happens and spend time with God? You may not even need a third meal fast because you got your answer. <clears throat> How many of you want to see more manifestations of the Holy Spirit in our church? through our church, in your life, out beside these, outside these four walls. Well, we're going to pray tonight along those lines. There's some things the Lord wants to say. There's some things the Spirit of God wants to say on Sunday mornings during these teachings that some are not ready for yet. So prepare your heart. Look to the Word. Dive in a little more. Seek the things of God. Cut off a few legitimate things. Fast a few things as I lead you to fast. Seek the Lord and you'll be more ready. And I'll be able to say things to the pastors and to the teachers of this church that will build you up and cause you to jump ahead and skip over things and, and just save hours and days and weeks and months otherwise that you'd have to do. So, so be in tune to what the Spirit of God is doing and be in tune to what He's saying and be prepared because I'm I'm ready to release measurable power in this church and through this church. There are things that the Spirit of God is going to begin to do in and through this church that are actually going to astound many and cause some people to go, wow, wow, wow. I've never heard it like that. I've never seen that before. Is this real? Is this real? Can that really be happening? Yes, says the Spirit of God. It really is happening in and through my church that's sold out to me and wants the highest and the best and is willing to do whatever they need to do in the flesh to see these things manifest. Thank you, Lord. Well, Father, we pray tonight, starting off with praise and worship. We worship you, Lord. We thank you for the gifts of the Spirit. We thank you for manifestations of the Holy Ghost. Oh, Father, we thank you for the ministry of the angels. We thank you there's nothing impossible, nothing incurable. No one's too far gone. We thank you, Lord, for the gift of special faith. We thank you for workings of miracles. We thank you for gifts of healings. We thank you for discerning of spirits. We thank you for prophecy, word of wisdom, word of knowledge, tongues, interpretation of tongues. Father, we thank you for the glory of God manifesting in and through our church and our services. And we thank you, Many will come back who have left because the glory will draw them. Many will come from afar because they want the real thing. Things will change by the power of God and the glory of the Lord will burst forth. And we thank you, Father, for mighty manifestations of your spirit. 
I sense the Lord is going to start dealing with people to come to our church who are bound with what the world calls hopeless situations because they've heard about the miracles and the glory and the love of God in our church and the confidence and the boldness of the church. And they're going to come and they're going to be expectant and they're going to get delivered and they're going to get free and it's going to be instantaneous many times. And the glory will be given to Jesus and the church will get brighter and brighter. Oh, you can walk and pray if you want church. You can come to the altar if you want to pray. But for the next few minutes, we're just going to pray and we're going to believe God for more and more manifestations of the Holy Spirit. Things that people thought they couldn't get free from that happened in their past. They're going to get free from it by the glory of God. Souls are going to be restored. Broken hearts are going to be fixed. Itala sombonde, gricha, scars and wounds of the past from abuses and things that were not right. They're going to be healed. People are going to go forth like they never thought they could go forth. They're going to sense the glory and the power and they're going to rise up a new person. Vondele me manicha, ende grepacaso, power, ikujinote, miracles will be more commonplace. Not in a common uh, take it for granted sense, but they'll be more regular, more frequent. Online, join with us. And they've got up on the screen the scripture, 1 Corinthians 14, 2. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Father. God also bearing them witness with signs and wonders and diverse gifts of the Holy Ghost according to his own will. There is a bongonstina. Enter the clavitama. Manta de kedea brabopoku utolomo bronostake. It's hakushana. It's hakushana. Ikashima bando. Onteleme bangalafita. Enteleme bangutolomo brondostine. Jekevini. Ikradeako. Zondeleme pandano. Otelevrage isho. There's answers. There's answers in the spirit realm. There's answers inside of you. There's answers in your spirit. So listen to the Holy Ghost. Oh, brekahatave, prensiko, ponocheke, quiet the mind. Tune into the things of God. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Expect interpretation. There is a glory realm. There is a world where there is Father, as a church tonight, we join our spiritual hands together and we're asking in agreement that there would be more, more manifestations of the miracle power of God. Lord Shakumo, Monte Fremanistic, thank you for showing us things we can do to prepare ourselves. Lord, we're asking that the leading of the Spirit would not stop tonight, but He would quicken us tomorrow and the next day. O Chivanetta, direct us, guide us into the higher places that you have for us. Direct us and guide us, Lord, into the higher places that you have for us. 
Lord, we desire earnestly and we expect and pray for the word of wisdom and the word of knowledge and discerning of spirits. Father, we desire earnestly and pray for special faith, workings of miracles and gifts of healings. Father, we desire earnestly and pray for prophecy, tongues and interpretation of tongues. Let there be an increased manifestation of these powerful flows of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, I heard the Spirit of God say there's some people that have experienced chronic illness, things they've settled into, things that's become such a part of their life they can't quite see themselves free from it. I heard the Spirit of God say in the moment of time, in a moment of time, those things are going to be corrected and fixed and deliverance is going to manifest and life's going to be new for those people. They're going to enter into a whole new realm and ministries are going to burst forth and the glory of the Lord is going to linger and manifest and many will come to the brightness of our rising. Oh, Fremashika. Oh, Deleme Bangan Deleme Framita Damapakutanek. Things that have bound people for 20, 30, 40, 50 years are going to be fixed and corrected in the services that are upcoming in this place. Boldness, yes, Lord, boldness. Geata, mandika suno, mandika sininto, mandika sanyanda, andeleme paguto, engele de vandichteleme pangutleme bangandele framisha, keapo pokolo bovotstik, akale jeketeleva pa utolomoko osteve. Oh, glory to God. Glory, 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 glory. Mm, thank you, Lord. If you wouldn't mind just standing for a minute or two before we dismiss. Let's pray this prayer in agreement, church. Let's just grab spiritual hands right now and let's pray this prayer in agreement. Say this with me. Heavenly Father, you are great. Greater than all. Creator of the heavens and the earth. The sea and all that in them is. You are mighty. You are glorious. There's none greater than you. You are almighty God. And you are our Father. Nothing is too difficult for you. We're asking that you would grant unto your servants. And here I am, Lord. Use me. Grant unto your servants. Don't just think of pastors and leaders. Think of everybody in the body of Christ. Grant unto your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word with confidence from heaven. A faith that can't be shaken. The gift of faith. And that you would stretch forth your hand to heal. That you would initiate healings. When people's faith isn't making the connections. You stretch forth your hand. You work miracles. You initiate these things. 
Oh, Father, we prepare our hearts to be vessels you can pour through. Stretch forth your hand to heal. Stretch forth your hand to heal. Stretch forth your hand to heal. And we pray that signs and wonders, workings of miracles, be done by the name of your holy child Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank him from your spirit. Say this with me, church. Say this with me. Upcoming services in Faith Heights Church will be full of power. People will be receiving like never before. Things are coming up. I'm expecting revelation knowledge, demonstrations of the Spirit and power, manifestations of the Holy Ghost. Needs being met. Things being fixed. The world says there's no hope for. I declare it boldly in Jesus' name. It's happening. Now let's just rejoice. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Glory, 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 glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Pray one more thing. Pray one more thing before we leave. Pray this. Heavenly Father, we're asking that Mark and Trina Hankins would come to us by the will of God, that they would be refreshed, rejuvenated, built up, receive a whopper chunk offering, and be more blessed than they've been in decades. Refresh them, Lord. Help them to speak your word boldly as they ought to and to minister accurately by the direction of the Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Lord. All right. Thank you. See you Sunday. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. For more information about this ministry, visit faithheights.org. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. To sow into this ministry, visit faithheights.org and click on the donate tab. 